Pope Francis is back from Mongolia. got some interesting things to say. He's been encouraging the Muslims, the Mohammedans, the Buddhists, and this common storehouses of ancient wisdom. That's what we're going to look at today. Here's the quote from Pope Francis in Mongolia. He says, may it be so for us as committed followers of our respective spiritual masters, and faithful stewards of their teachings, ever ready to offer the beauty of those teachings to those whom we daily encounter as friends and companions on our journey. May it be so for in a pluralistic society committed to democratic values, such as Mongolia is, every religious institution duly recognized by civil authority has the duty and above all the right to freely express what it is and what it believes in a way respectful to the conscience of others and in view of the greater good of all Pope Francis. So this is controversial. And it seems that since the 1960s, encouraging other religions, uh, people in other religions, we're talking about Shinto, Buddhism, Muslim, Everything else, that's all good. It seems like what you don't want to do since the 1960s is actually ask people to love Jesus, to hope in Jesus Christ, to believe in Jesus Christ, to receive sacramental baptism. It's almost like Jesus never said to the apostles, go out into the world teaching all nations all that I have commanded you, and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's almost like instead he said, go out into all the world and pat all the religious leaders on the back and on the head and say, you're good, I'm good, we're all spiritual. Here's another quote from Pope Francis from the Mongolian encounter. Everything's an encounter today. He says, the religions are called to offer the world this harmony. And he refers to the event as a meeting together as the humble heirs of ancient schools of wisdom. I'm going to pause here. We are live today. And ask you, is Islam, the religion of Muhammad, an ancient school of wisdom. Is Buddhism an ancient school of wisdom? And is it part of the authority of the vicar of Christ, the successor of St. Peter, when Jesus Christ gave the keys to St. Peter, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, was part of that office going around the world and affirming people in other religions of their spiritual errors. Why do we, in our time, think it's important for the vicar of Christ, the Pope, 
to travel around and affirm people in other religions. I mean, does the Dalai Lama come to the Vatican and praise Catholicism? Does that ever happen? Not that I ever noticed. Do you ever see imams rolling out to the cathedrals and talking about the great legacy of Catholicism, all the good that Catholicism, how much the Muslims and the imams just love the Catholic Church and how Catholics should just be more and more Catholic. No, that never happens. Ever since the 19th, and by the way, in the Catholic Church for 2,000 years, that didn't happen. Popes didn't go to other religions and say, you have an ancient storehouse of wisdom. Congratulations. Good job. We've got baptism. We got the seven sacraments. We have the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. It's cool. That's our deal. You guys have your deal. Has that ever been part of apostolic Catholic teaching until the 1960s? As a matter of fact, no. There is a condemnation by Pope Pius XI. What happened in the early 1900s is there started to be these ecumenical meetings. People said, hey, let's get together. We got a lot in common. And this was mainly with Protestants, and they wanted Catholics to come as well. So there started to be these big tent meetings. Let's let everybody in, mere Christianity style. And Pope Pius XI said, the union of Christians can only be promoted by promoting the return to the one true church of Christ, of whom those who are separated from it, for in the past they have unhappily left it. What Pius XI said is, you can only talk about uniting as Christians within the conversation of promoting the, what he says, return to the one true church of Christ. There is no I'm okay, you're okay, let's dust the differences under the rug. This is the way Pius XI understood things. He said, to the one true church of Christ, we say, which is visible to all and which is to remain according to the will of its author, exactly the same as he instituted it, end quote. So having ecumenical assemblies According to Pius XI, not legit, not allowed. And yet, we see these quotes from Francis, not just encouraging Protestants, Lutherans, Calvinists, Anglicans, which, by the way, now he lets Anglicans up on the altar at St. John Lateran. But he now refers to anti-Trinitarian religions and sects as ancient schools of wisdom. He says, in our encounter with one another, we want to share the great treasure we have received for the sake of enriching a humanity so often led astray on its journey by the myopic pursuit of profit and material comfort. Referring here to the religions are called to offer the world this harmony. No, no. 
the religions, plural, are not called to offer the world this harmony. God did not found 12 religions or 10 religions or three religions or whatever you want to classify in this group. God founded one and only one religion, period. End of story. Close the book. Do I sound dogmatic? No, yes. This is not the message accepted in our time. The, the, the message now is we all generically believe in God, and people like to throw in the term Abrahamic, except when the Buddhists are around and Shintos and shamans and all that. Then they broaden it out. But think about it. If there's one God and he wants you and me to know him, He's going to reveal it. He's not going to confuse us by having Muhammad say, well, Jesus is not the son of God. And then over in the Catholic church, Jesus is the son of God. God is not the author of confusion. He's not going to institute two religions that differ fundamentally from one another. Does that make sense? Rabbinical Talmudic Judaism, which says Jesus is a false Messiah, is not true at the same time while the Catholic Church says Jesus Christ is the Son of God, second person of the Trinity, and is the true Messiah. And he instituted one church with seven sacraments. And all the truth of all dogmas are held preserved perfectly in that one church. It can't also be the case that the Catholic Church says that we are justified by faith and works, as James says in chapter 2 of his epistle, and then Martin Luther comes along and says we are justified by faith alone. Those are contradictory positions. The Lutherans can't be right while the Catholics are right. And God did not institute the Lutherans and then institute the Catholics and want them to have some global peace, ecumenical harmony. God is not the author of confusion. You know who is the author of confusion? Satan, the devil, Lucifer. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, 10. But Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father, say it with me, except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's the gospel truth. Anyone, I don't care if he wears a white cassock. I don't care if he wears the bishop's mitre. Paul says it doesn't matter if he's an angel of light. If he does not preach the gospel according to Jesus Christ, which includes... I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Paul says, anathema sit. Let him be anathema in the Vulgate. Cut off and accursed. You see, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not complicated. Seven-year-olds 
at their first communion can understand the gospel. People on their deathbed can understand the gospel. To be baptized, the formula of faith is very simple and very short. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Basic, simple, 12 easy points given to us by the 12 apostles in the Apostles' Creed. Islam fundamentally disagrees with everything I just said, which was the Apostles' Creed. Buddhism fundamentally disagrees with everything I said in the Apostles' Creed. Hinduism fundamentally disagrees with everything I just said. Rabbinic Talmudic Judaism fundamentally disagrees with everything I just said. And many Protestants also disagree with maybe not everything, but many of the things that I just said in the Apostles' Creed. It's time for Catholics to be Catholic. We do not need to be ashamed or embarrassed to say this is true. Buddhism is not a true religion. Islam, not a true religion. These religions are not centered on Jesus Christ, who is the manifestation of God in history. He is the revelation of God to man. He is fully God, fully man. By the incarnation, the hypostatic union, the union of the divine nature and the human nature, united in one person, the hypostatic union. That is the manifestation of God. Once and for all. And add on to that, he dies on the cross to redeem us from our sins. That's the true faith. Isn't that simple? That is the gospel. Because you're baptized and because you've received confirmation, you are tasked with sharing that message. It's not a difficult message. Everyone from Pope Francis to every cardinal to every bishop, monsignor, priest, deacon, monk and nun, sister, religious, seminarian, minor orders, every single one of us must know that gospel, believe that gospel, share that gospel, and die for that gospel. It's why we begin the rosary every day with the creed, I believe. That's it. It's that simple. And I wish we could go back to how everything was before. All of this madness began in the 1960s where we started affirming all these religions I'm okay, you're okay. Where sort of Catholicism is the first class, it's the business class. You get a hot towel, you get nuts, you get a meal, 
right? It's nicer. You get a little bit bigger of a seat. And then there's coach, economy. That's all the other religions. Everybody gets to go to heaven. Just Catholics kind of get like, you know, the nicer way because we have the Eucharist and the mass and confession. No, no, that's not it. That's not it at all. I'm going to go and take some comments and questions live with us. Here we go. First off, I want to say I've been away from the microphone for a few days. My voice is a little raspy. That's because I've made, how many videos have we done? I think about 25 videos for the new St. Thomas Institute. We've got a great new curriculum coming out, uh, Apocalyptic Studies. We're looking at the Book of Revelation, the Antichrist, Armageddon, the Beast, Mark of the Beast, Three Days of Darkness, Our Lady of La Salette, Our Lady of Fatima. It's incredible. It's not out yet, but it will start being available in the weeks to come. If you want to learn more, go to nsti.com. Sign up. Take online courses. We've got courses on the Latin Mass, Philosophy, Bible, Apologetics. It's all there, nsti.com. That's why I've been away, and that's why my voice is raspy, because I've been talking for hours and hours and hours. Here's my boy right here, John Wick. What's up, John Wick? Welcome back. Good to see you, Wick. By the way, I was on an airplane, and I watched John Wick 3. Don't want to do a spoiler alert for anyone, but... Well, I do, I'm doing a spoiler alert, but I don't want to spoil it for anyone. End scene... Gunfights up the stairs at Sacré-Cœur in Paris. I was just at Sacré-Cœur a few, couple months ago. Epic. John Wick goes on to say, is Pope committing blasphemy when he embraces false religions? That's not actually, I think, blasphemy. Blasphemy is actually cursing God. It's hurling insults at God directly. That's blasphemy. Uh, this right here is what previous popes would call indifferentism. It's where you're indifferent to um, the prerogatives, the exclusive message of the gospel and the church as the one true church. Extra ecclesia nola salus. Outside the church, there is no salvation. So I think we got to be... Uh, Careful and, and keep this right distinctions going here. People are like completely, I can't believe you, Etha. You're just ruining the movie for everyone. People are saying, did the Pope visit Moscow on the way home? I haven't heard anything. I've been out for a little bit, but I haven't heard anything. People were banking on that. We talked about it. Haven't seen any pictures or heard anything yet. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, people are talking about Vatican II. Definitely, you know, when you, I've been saying since the 1960s, but people know what that means, since Vatican II. Yeah, it's this idea that, you know, it, you ever been to Disney World? There's, a, there's this atrocious ride there called The Small World. And it goes, it's a small world after all. It's a small world after all. It's a small world after all. It's a small, small world. And it goes on and on and on. It's punishing. 
and there's all these like little robotic dolls going it's a small world after and it just goes on and on and on right that's kind of what the ecumenical movement has become in the catholic church since the 1960s it's just like we are all worshiping god we are all on the same journey and it's just over and over and over just like mouthing the little robot dolls it's a small world so on and on and on it's tiresome and the sad thing is there's people out there who are same-sex attracted going through trans surgeries people going through divorces children growing up without parents without dads everybody's confused we got a major opium crisis we've got uh Weed everywhere, pornography everywhere. And the solution to all of that is Jesus and the seven sacraments. And yet we're out doing group hugs with every Lutheran and Methodist and Muslim and Jew and Shinto and shaman that we can find. Group hug, group photo. You put your religious accoutrements on me. Smile, photo, all the same cheese it's a small world after all when in reality we are sitting on a treasury of grace of healing jesus christ is ready to heal the world and we're out playing ecumenical games just tell people jesus can fix your problems well yeah but i'm same-sex attracted jesus has a plan for you to make you into a saint to turn you into solid gold. Well, yeah, but I'm addicted to porn. Guess what? Jesus has healed so many people with that affliction. Get to know the saints. Go to confession. Fast. Pray. Meditate. Stations of the cross. Rosary. We have all of this. And yet we're playing patty cake with the Methodists and the Lutherans and the Presbyterians and the Anglicans and the Muslims, when in reality we should be doing what St. Vincent Ferrer did and St. Athanasius did, proclaim the gospel in season and out season. Richard says, why are you so not negative about so much? A lot of neck, double negative. I don't know what's going on there, Richard. Maybe you're saying I'm negative. I'm not negative. I'm actually positive. I'm psyched. I'm pumped up about the gospel. The true negative people in the church right now are the people who deny the cross of its power. They are negative because they don't really believe that if you preach Jesus and you administer devoutly the seven sacraments that it will change people's lives. They don't believe that. They're negative. They're naysayers. So they think that we just have to cover over the cracks and make everybody feel good. It's affirmations. People that are super into that tend to have very low self-esteem. They're self-negative. I'm actually optimistic and positive. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And that that truth right there provides all the answers to a positive outcome in this world, all the way up until the defeat of the Antichrist on the last day. 
That's very optimistic, and it's true. You see, the dogmatic ones, the orthodox ones, the traditional ones, we are the most opt optimistic. We are the most positive because we know that the truth wins, and the truth is Jesus. So we just stick with Jesus and the truth, and we know that that will bring resurrection to every negative situation in the world, including sin and death. So just because the doctor says, you got an illness, we have an extreme cure, let's do it, that's not negative. That's not pessimistic. That's actually the loving thing to do, to give the right medicine for the, for the cancer. Going back into your comments, into your questions, Nuno says, what do you do if the priest refuses to give communion on the tongue? Me personally, I wouldn't receive in that situation. That's me. I'm not telling y'all what to do. That's just me, Taylor Marshall. All right? Because I don't want the particles to go everywhere, right? I don't want the particles on my hand. And it is God, and I want to honor as best as I can. And I have to figure that out. You know, that's the tradition tells me as a layman, I'm not supposed to touch the Eucharist. So that's just what I go with. Not telling you what to do. That's just me. Richard's back. Why do you believe this so much? Because it's true. Why do you believe the sun comes up every morning? Because it's true. I've met Jesus Christ. I know he's risen from the dead. It is 100% true. Why do you believe this much? Because how can I deny reality that God created this beautiful world that even in sin, he redeemed it by sending his son, Jesus? 100% true. That's what I believe. People are talking about the Novus Ordo, the TLM. I just want to take this moment to give everyone the traditional Latin mass challenge. I challenge you watching right now. School is back. Find a traditional Latin Mass and go there for four Sundays in a row. Your kids, your spouse, your friend may say, why, why won't we go to the Latin Mass? I don't know Latin. I don't. Four Sundays. Give it four Sundays and you'll be in. You'll love it. Okay. So the first time you're going to be completely confused. Don't worry about it. Second time, still not sure. Third time, hmm, something's here. Fourth time, hmm. I'm starting to get it. I get this now. It's a slow habituation. Again, this is the September Taylor Marshall Traditional Latin Mass Challenge. Go to the TLM, Traditional Latin Mass, four Sundays in a row, and I want to hear back from you. All right? We got a uh, super chat. This is from Fernando Martinez. What can, can we do to help family members, mom, who love Pope Francis and modernism in the church. She totally loves the Novus Ordo. Well, Fernando, love your mom. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people, it's not their fault. They're taught this from the time that they were one years old. Not their fault. They haven't even been exposed to anything better. And you have to be not judgmental and hoity-toity looking down your nose at the Novus Ordo, you have to be an ambassador of truth, beauty, and goodness. 
They have to see you praying that rosary, praying those novenas, smiling, encouraging people, quoting sacred scripture, singing hymns, psalms, spiritual songs. They have to see a bouquet of spiritual sanctity blooming in your life, or you have really nothing to say to them. This is how the early Christians converted the Roman Empire, because their lives were spiritual bouquets that smelt good. And the Roman culture, which was stuck in paganism, infanticide, fornication, slavery, demon worship, looked to the Christians and they saw peace and hope. And that's who we have to be. You know, it's really not about how much can we dog on Pope Francis? And I haven't dogged on Pope Francis at all today, if you noticed. I read the statements. I pointed out things that are problematic, and I suggested how we can go back to the way the Pius Eleventh understood things, and then how we can t- provide the answers to a world that's hurting, struggling with sexuality, drugs, sin, addictions, no family structure, political organizations, communities that are dissolving, economies that are collapsing. Only Jesus has the answer and the solution. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. We're going to close up with the, uh, we'll pray the Hail Mary in Latin, and uh, we'll sign off. Oremus, nomine Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, ad benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et mortis nostre. Amen. Mighty God, we pray for everyone in the whole world that's hurting, spiritually injured. We ask that they would come to know Jesus Christ, your Son, the Son of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Receive the gift of baptism and experience the Holy Eucharist and the healing of all the sacraments. And we pray that we'll all find you in heaven together one day. In Jesus' name, amen. Nomini Patris et Fidei Spiritus Sancti. Amen. All right, friends, thanks for watching. Remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless. Godspeed. Make sure you thumbs up the video. And make sure you subscribe. See you next time. God bless.